Sunday of Crazy Sweater December. I guess you could wear a crazy sweater next Sunday if you want to, or a crazy Christmas shirt. Um, I was pretty excited when I found this shirt, and I was just like, this, this is a great shirt. You like my shirt, Nick? I know, it's a bunny on it. It's, it's, it's my favorite Christmas story. It's a major award. I could. Thankfully, I don't say that to my kids. I put weapons in their hands and send them out in the backyard. It's awesome. Well, we are wrapping up our Christmas series, uh, Awkward Family Christmas. And I'm waiting to let uh, Bruce get the slides up. Um, but have you ever had, ever had an awkward moment? Uh, like maybe you came to church and the guy that's going to do communion is dressed in Santa's outfit with a white beard. Um, I, one of my favorite Christmas stories is uh, was I didn't experience it. It was told to be by my senior pastor. I've shared it before. And, and it was at a church in the Midwest, and it was a relatively conservative church, and they did not believe in Santa. And, you know, so they, they had a, a very uh, negative spin on, on the character of Santa Claus and, you know, would say that, you know, if you take the letters and rearrange them, it spells Satan and, and, you know, Santa is bad. And so this preacher was just talking about the evils of Santa. And a woman in the congregation all of a sudden speaks up and says, Thus saith the Lord, lay off Santa. He's a good man and he's doing a good work. Um, pretty awkward moment, uh, I could imagine, for that pastor as well as for, for everybody. Um, you know, we, my son is in Boy Scouts, and so we've been selling Christmas trees in Spencerport. Uh, if you haven't gotten your tree yet, there are a few trees left. Um, but it's interesting, the, there was a, one of the kids told a story of how he got in trouble at the Christmas tree lot because someone came to buy their Christmas tree, and the boy got his tree ready and ran it through the baler and took it out to his vehicle and put it on his car, and the boy said, Merry Christmas. And the guy kind of came unglued on him because they weren't buying a Christmas tree. They were buying a Hanukkah bush. Um, But he didn't say that they were buying a Hanukkah bush. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with Hanukkah bushes, whether you have an elf on a shelf or a mensch on a bench, uh, you know, all the the, the different things. That's a real thing if you you look it up. Awkward family Christmas. I can't think of a more awkward situation than the story in Luke chapter two. And I and I think, um, you know, we 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 have taken the Christmas story, and I don't think that we've done a bad thing with it, but we've we've made Christmas a very warm and a very fuzzy event where we think of, when we think about Christmas. Um, what are the when you think about Christmas? What smells come to mind when you think eggnog? Right, that's a bad smell. <laughs> Can't do the nog. What else? What do you? What's evergreen pine trees? Right, hot chocolate, cookies. Right, there's that smell uh, of and and so Christmas has a, a very you said you said coal. <laughs> All right. Um, 
it's a, it's incredible how our sense of smell is such a powerful one of, one of our one of the most powerful senses because it ties us to memory that you can smell something and it will immediately take you back to a moment when you were a kid in grandma's kitchen and and it just immediately can can link us to memories and uh, pastor paul talked about this last week where uh when we think about what we when we think of christmas we smell cookies and we smell candy canes and we smell hot chocolate and when when mary or joseph thought about christmas they smelled hay and they smelled poop and they smelled those smells remind them of christmas right think about that think about the people who showed up for that very first awkward family christmas who were they shepherds yeah um so i i think um i can't tell this story any better um than a renowned theologian who is going to uh read to us our christmas passage from luke chapter 2 i think you'll enjoy it Give it a click, Bruce. You're hopeless, Charlie Brown. Completely hopeless. Rat! You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> what a freak! I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. He shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Amen. We can all go home now. <laughs> that would be a great Christmas present, wouldn't it? Um, I want to just take some time to, to walk through that passage of Scripture um, because I think there's some things that we can really grab out of it. So in Luke, again, Luke chapter 2, I want you to think about the story and I want you to try to do your best to put yourself there in that moment. 
And, and so obviously for us as guys, we can't put ourselves in Mary's shoes. But ladies, you can put yourself in Mary's shoes. For us as guys, we can put ourselves in, in the shepherd's shoes. We can put ourselves as fathers, fathers-to-be in Joseph's shoes. And I want you to, to listen to the story again um, and imagine that you are there. Maybe you're Mary, maybe you're Joseph, maybe you're one of the shepherds. Maybe you're one of the angels. And, and you can imagine the excitement of being able to make that announcement to the world. There are a ton of characters that, that are in, in this moment in time. That night there were shepherds staying in their fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Guys that are out, I, you know, I love when we think about Christmas and we, you know, normally Christmas is, again, that warm and fuzzy thing and we have our nativity scenes that are, are warmly lit with nice dry straw. And, and at this year, our nativity scene on, on our house, um, it kind of was the epitome of, of awkward family Christmas because there was Mary and there was Joseph and there were sheep and uh, camels, and wise men, and a tyrannosaurus, and, uh, and, a, and a triceratops, uh, all part of the nativity scene. Um, but these were guys that were just doing their job. And, and you know, again, as we look through Scripture, these were not guys that were professional um, religious people. These were guys, and, and I, I love this, um, these are guys that knew how to tie knots. These are guys that knew how to be out in the wild. And, you know, I, I love watching uh, all of the, you know, there, I haven't seen many, uh, I've seen clips of, of the show that, that Chick uh, raves about um, Fat Man in the Woods, um, of, or Fat Men in the Woods, right? But Survivor Man and these guys that will go out into the wilderness with a toothpick and a paper clip and, you know, a piece of gum, um, and, and then have to survive a week. Um, these guys were those kind of guys who would go out into the wild with maybe a pocket knife, uh, maybe a slingshot, maybe a stick, uh, a walking stick. And that was all that stood between their sheep and lions, literally lions, or, or wolves, or, um, Whatever wild animal that love to eat nice, juicy sheep. And so these guys were not out there with pepper spray and tasers and shotguns uh, and, and like, you know, 3,000 lumen spotting lights. They're out there in the dark with a fire and, you know, maybe torches guarding their flocks by night, just doing their job. They got up that morning and they had no idea that this day was going to be like any other day. They got up, they put their their uh, their pants on the same way that they did. Well, I don't know if they wore pants back then, but um, but they they got dressed the same way that they did before. They hopefully they brushed their teeth like they had done before. They uh, hopefully they you know they they got themselves ready the same way that they had done every single day to get up and go to work. But this time, something amazing happens. Um, 
as they're out in the cold, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. Think about that. You, you ever been in a dark theater and then someone, or a dark room, something that happens here on Sunday mornings where it's all dark, and then we flip the switch and the lights come back on and there's that, that shock of pain that kind of burns into the back of your eyes and you're like, oh man, turn off the light. These guys are in the dark. They're sitting maybe around a campfire and all of a sudden God turns on like a 5 billion watt light. His glory explodes out of the sky. And, and you know, it's amazing because when you look at the paintings of the nativity scene, when you look at the paintings that uh, depict how this happens, everything is all, I love how buff Jesus is. Um, you know, I don't know that he was that buff. I'm not, he was a carpenter, so he was probably, um, but it's always clean, it's always neat, and the angels are always, ah, right? And then around them are naked babies with wings, and, and you know, the, the naked baby angels, and, you know, angels are like, they're like the Navy SEALs of the universe. You know, as tough as the Navy SEALs are, angels are God's Navy SEALs. And so when they show up, it is normal and totally appropriate that these guys who are literally, remember this, these are guys that are not afraid of lions. They are not afraid of wolves. They fight them with their literally their bare hands are terrified because when you see that kind of glory revealed, and that would put the fear in anyone. Imagine that if that happened at work tomorrow. They were terrified, but the angel assured them. He said, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, the Savior the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize Him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now, I think that that's a, a powerful thought because here's the thing. When, when we think about a conquering king, when, when, when a Jewish person thought about the Messiah, that was a huge event that was a major, major thing that happens. And so this is something that they have been waiting for and anticipating and looking towards for generations. And now all of a sudden, while these guys are at work around the campfire in the dark, an angel shows up and says, that moment that you've been waiting for your entire lives is now. It just happened. And, the way that, and, and it just happened in Bethlehem, which is not far from you. Um, I always thought it was interesting that um, he doesn't give them the GPS coordinates of, of the inn and the stable. He says it's in Bethlehem and you'll find the baby lying in a manger. Because um, if, if you were to say, to, if I was to say to you that the Messiah was just born in the next town over, in the town of Gates, the Messiah was born and this is how you'll find him. There will be a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Where would you look? In the town of Gates. How would you know where to find him? 
You'd ask everyone, right? But the beautiful thing is, is he does give them some fine-tuned things. He gave them information that they were perfectly tuned to get. Because where do, where do they, when they're normally on the job, they're out in the field, right? And they're out with the sheep, guarding them against all the wolves and everything. But the other part of their job is when they have to bring the flocks back in, when they bring them back into town, when they bring them in for the sacrifices, or they bring them in uh, to, to shelter them, and where would they take them? To the stable. Hey, listen, back at the home office where you guys were this morning, something amazing happened while you were out in the field. They knew exactly where to go. And I, and I love, I just love that the angels came to the shepherds first. Right? We talk about an awkward family Christmas, and we talk about, and we have this idea of, of what Christmas looks like, and people think that in order to go to church, you've got to have your act all together, and you've got to look right, and you've got to dress right, and you've got to smell right, and you've got to sound right, because and, and, Jesus only comes for good, perfect people. I love the fact that God tells shepherds first. Guys who knew how to use the F word. Guys that knew how to live and to... to a, 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 they, they lived life. They were not gentle, uh, well-manicured guys. And they're guys. Right? He didn't come to a ladies' knitting group. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that God revealed Himself to guys that were no-nonsense guys. And they're blown away by it, and they know exactly where to go. And he came to them first. You know, it's interesting, the, the magi, the wise men, that are typically in our nativity scenes, um, they're not recorded in Luke. They're actually recorded in another one of the Gospels. And uh, we put them in the nativity scene because we don't make uh, uh, one year later nativity scenes because they didn't, the, the wise men actually didn't show up until Jesus was about a year old. Um, because when you read the passage of the wise men, it says that they, the wise men went to the house where they were staying. They didn't, they didn't live in the stable for a year while they waited for, for the wise men to get there. They actually went home uh, or went somewhere where they lived while Mary, um, as, as, as Jesus was, was born and then was raised, uh, they, they stayed there in Bethlehem for about a year. Um, and then the wise men show up a year later. So, so the wise men, they got the message, but it took them a year to get there. Um, but the shepherds get to be there first. I love that. That... that the idea that anyone is welcome. Anyone is welcome. That He came for all of us. I love that. So they know exactly where to go. And and so it's terrifying enough if you if, you know. I I heard a comedian talking about how um, when when he's driving down the road and he sees a police officer. He automatically, like his radar goes, not his, not his radar detector, but 
you know, your internal radar of uncomfortableness, as we talk about awkward family Christmas, you're driving, even if your seatbelt is on and you're not breaking any laws, you see a police officer in a car and you automatically get uncomfortable. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. Ten and two, right? Um, but there's that, there, that sense of, okay, I've got to make sure that I'm, I'm driving the speed limit. I'm going to pull back. Um, so these shepherds are, they see the Navy SEAL of heaven shows up, just one, all by himself. And that's enough to make anyone want to just crawl onto the floor. And then it's incredible because just that one angel would be enough. But then suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. So we talked about that, that this was not just, a, again, this was not a warm and fuzzy, let's sing uh, you know, a warm carol moment. This was, if you were going to sing a song, it's, it's, this is a, the time to sing a, a victory march that the war has begun. And so now the general of the, the angel armies, the maximus of, of the angel hosts is, is out in front. And then suddenly he was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased, to those with whom God is pleased. And, and again, we hear that and um, immediately our brains switch to an all-female chorus of, of lady angels. Uh, you, you know, if, if you've ever been to um, Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, uh, the dramatic presentation, and whenever there's someone that makes that entrance into heaven, um, there's, there's a, a moment where the hallelujah chorus kicks in and it's, it's, it's all uh, ladies singing. And, and not that there, there weren't, we don't know if angels are male or female. Most of the time when they appear in scripture, they appear in male form. Um, they're, they're neither, um, but they appear as male. Um, but i got to imagine that, that the roar of an entire army whether they are male or female, if there are female angels and male angels in this mix, it is not a, a, a tinkly, la, 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 glory to God in the highest. Yeah, don't ever ask me to sing. Um, <laughs> I've got to believe that if an entire army is there, any of my military folks, when you as a group have to vocalize something, is it warm and fuzzy and kind and gentle? No. When an entire army is saying the same thing in unison, it is like the, we talked about a couple of weeks ago about the, the roar of the tiger that paralyzes its prey. That sound reverberating across the hills of these angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and peace to those with whom God is pleased. And then when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they take off running. Now again, um, they hurry. And, and again, it's sometimes we, when we read passages of Scripture, it's hard to catch the emotion of what's going on here. So, so now you have these guys who are totally supercharged. They literally have been bombarded with sound and light and glory from heaven, giving them direction to where the Messiah that you've been waiting for for generations 
has now finally been born. They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I know um, one of my great privileges as a pastor is visiting people in the hospital um, after, they've had their, after they've had a baby. Um, but I have to tell you, it can be awkward. It can be awkward showing up and not knowing, so I try my best to call ahead to make sure that someone else is there um, because walking into a hospital room and, and ladies, are you terribly comfortable having people showing up? You know, think about this. It wasn't that long. Jesus was born and, and it was not comfortable. My kids were all born in wonderful, amazing places. Um, my kids were born, my, my joy was born in Marysville Hospital in Marysville, Ohio, and it was beautiful. Um, they brought me a steak dinner, my wife and I a steak dinner. I remember, I remember the steak dinner. She, remember, she did all the work. Um, I just tried not to get my fingers broken or get bit. Um, it's true. Uh, and only because I was trying to pretend like I was Bill Cosby and doing, boosh them out, shove them out, way out. And, and, and then trying to stay out of her reach from punching me. Um, but in those moments, in, in the most perfect of situations, it can be uncomfortable because you've just, uh, having a baby is not a clean or, or um, easy thing. They call it labor for a reason. Um, it's hard and it's messy. And, and, you know, ladies, for the most part, none of you have done that on the floor of a barn. Right? So she's not had some nurse come in and check on her and make sure that she's okay or that the baby's okay. The baby's not been taken to a sterile environment and been wiped down with warm, soapy water. The water they have is the water that was in the water trough next to the feeding trough that they lay him in. Can't even imagine. And then the, the, these, these guys that they don't know come bursting into the barn. Where's the baby? Where's the baby? Right? Mary's amazing. Isn't she? This 15, 16-year-old girl who has had God speak to her and angels show up and, 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 and communicate with her and, and the, the presence of God hovers over her and she becomes pregnant. Um, it's incredible how, and, and you know, it says, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. She pondered these things in her heart. Um, I just find it amazing that, that even in that moment, as uncomfortable um, as, as that would be, you know, and again, you know, it's, it's this beautiful look at it. He's got his, his beautiful little onesie and, and it's got flowers on it. And, and, and Joseph is just kind of looking on like, oh, look, how, how wonderful this is. And, and, and the baby's wrapped in whatever fabric they could find in the barn. He's not wrapped in a nice onesie that was knitted by grandmas and donated to the stable, right? Like, you know, our kids, when they, the, the three of the rest of my four were all born at, at Park Ridge, that's now known as Unity, 
and and they you know when they're born they get one of those cute little caps that someone has some grandma has lovingly knitted and donated um, as a as a blessing. There's there's none of that. I mean, unless Mary probably had some things that because she obviously knew she was going to have the baby, um, but it was stuff that was packed in a bag that had been carried on the back of a donkey for however many miles. And then the, the, the shepherds, not, not only do they respond, they respond immediately. And then afterwards, they go and tell anyone that they can find. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. You know, it's interesting that shepherds were not, um, throughout Scripture, shepherds um, kind of went through a, a bit of a transition. Because shepherds, although they were not really uh, wealthy guys, their profession in their agricultural society was a very important one. If you didn't have shepherds, you didn't have sheep. If you didn't have sheep, you couldn't have church because church required that you had perfect, spotless lambs for them to be able to worship, for them to be able to have their sins covered every year at the Day of Atonement. If you didn't have shepherds, all the wheels fall off of their society. And so you look back through the Old Testament and there are tons of people who are shepherds. Amos, one of the prophets, was a shepherd. Uh, David was a shepherd who then became the king. Um, and then you have this season in between the Old Testament and the New Testament where God is silent for 400 or 500 years. And, and something has happened to shepherds because by the time Jesus is born, shepherds are now like second-class citizens. Even though they are important um, to their ongoing worship culture and food and, and all of those things, in an agricultural society, shepherds are now, uh, at the time of Jesus' birth, they are um, not allowed to testify in court because you can't believe a word a shepherd says. And, and they've got no standing. They, they don't own land. All the land that they're out with the sheep on is owned by someone else. And they just work with the animals. And I love that, you know... Um, Jesus did not reveal his angels to the the papyrus, you know, the daily Bethlehem Gazette people, right? He didn't. He didn't um, to to what is it? BNN, uh, the Bethlehem News Network. Um, he didn't show up to those guys. He didn't show up at the town hall. He didn't tell the mayor. He didn't reveal his angels to the king in Jerusalem. Just a, a uh, a further distance away in Jerusalem, King Herod was not told. But God had his glory revealed to shepherds. Um, and, and so these guys, they understand, this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me, to us. And even still knowing that no one's going to believe what we say because we're just shepherds, they still told everyone who would listen. The Messiah has been born. 
I love that fact that, that God reveals Himself to everyone. That to each and every one of us, regardless of where you're at in your socioeconomic standings, whether you are wealthy and have a great paying job or you are not, that Jesus reveals Himself to all of us and allows all of us the opportunity to come and and have a relationship with Him. I love that. You know, it's not because you're sitting in a church seat that it makes you better. That He's revealed Himself and allows all of us to have access to the throne of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And no one is better than one or the other. We are all equal at the foot of the cross. I'm going to show you this short clip about how it's available to all of us. I was once told a story by a close friend of mine who said that After a long night of drinking on a Saturday night, he woke up Sunday morning and decided for the first time in his life he wanted to go to church. So he got in his car, he drove, found the closest church he could, and walked into the back door of the service and sat down in the church pew. He said he didn't know what to expect that day, but he felt like he would at least leave there feeling like a better person, feeling a little bit of joy, feeling a little bit of love. Instead, he left there downtrodden. Instead, he left there crushed because of the judgmental looks and attitudes that came his way that day. He said, you know what, man, I think they smelled the alcohol on me. And I don't think they like that. He told me that no matter what happens to him in this life, no matter where he goes or what he does, he will never go and sit on a church pew again. Because you know what? He felt more loved, he felt more accepted, and he felt more joy on a bar stool than he did in a church pew. You see, a lot of people who sit in these church pews haven't taken the time to open up the Bible that they beat over top of other people's heads. Because if they did open up that Bible, they would see a Jesus Christ that lived completely different than they do now. They would see a Jesus Christ who came into this world and hung out with drunkards, who hung out with prostitutes, who hung out with tax collectors. They would see a Jesus Christ who said, I come not to save the self-righteous, those who think they have it figured out, those religious people who sit on their high horse and act like they are better than everyone else. No, I came to save those who are in need of a physician. I came to save sinners because I love sinners. We are supposed to mirror Jesus Christ as followers of Him. And in doing so, we are supposed to show love to the rest of the world. Jesus Christ said, they will know you by your love. He didn't say they'll know you by your judgmental looks, by your judgmental attitudes, by this thought process that you are enlightened and they aren't. They will not know you by your hatred. They will not know you by your condescending looks towards them or the Bible beating over their heads. He never said any of that stuff. He said they will know you by your love. Where's the love? You see, our generation can be different. Our generation can set a new standard. Our generation can say that whether we sit in a church pew or whether we sit on a bar stool, we're going to treat each other with love and respect. We don't have to make the same mistakes that those people who came before us made. No, we do not. We can show each other love. 
Because at the end of the day, we are all in need of love. The love of Jesus Christ came here and died for sinners. And you know where the sinners are at? The sinners are on the bar stool. The sinners are on the church pew. We are all sinners. We are all in need of the love of Jesus Christ. There has become a time where we stop seeing each other by the places that we sit. And we start seeing each other by the people we are. Because after all, we're just people. People in need of love. shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You, you reach out to all of us not just the special people, not just the ones who smell good or, or not, that You came for all of us. Lord, I pray that You would help us to reach out to those around us, that we would not be people who think that we're better than anyone else. Help us, God, to reach out to those in our neighborhoods and at work and across the street that we wouldn't be afraid to tell your story that you love them you love us we thank you for that for that first Christmas help us to remember that this Christmas in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Pray that you find an opportunity to share the story with somebody this Christmas season. Um, blessings. I, again, a uh, couple of things this week. Uh, Christmas Eve, we will be right out here at the gazebo at 5 o'clock. Uh, short, five, uh, 5 to 5.30. It's a half an hour Christmas Eve service so that you can Come bring your kids. Uh, kids all get glow sticks, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, rather than letting kids run in the fields with open flame, um, we, we do glow sticks, and it's pretty cool. And hopefully it will be warm enough that the glow sticks won't freeze again. Um, 55, beautiful. Um, thank you, Jesus. Uh, so that's Christmas Eve, and then New Year's Eve. Uh, we'll have our annual gathering at um, Salmon Creek Country Club. And so uh, this year we're adding, uh, this year there's been a couple of changes. Uh, the Nerf zone is not going to happen again. Um, all of the Nerf gear that we had last year was given as a Christmas present to someone. Um, so uh, unless people bring their own Nerf, um, what I'm proposing is in that volley or racquetball court, um, instead of having the Nerf Zone, we're going to have adult dodgeball. Yeah. 
It's going to be fun. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to have adult dodgeball, can jam, soccer. The I, We need to come up with a name for the Hinman ball. Uh, soccer volleyball. It needs a better name than soccer volleyball. We need to come up with a name. I know, we need a better name for that. Soccer tennis. Uh, I don't know. We, we'll work on it. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a blast. It's from 7 o'clock until midnight. Uh, there's table games for those that aren't into the physical activity. If you want to just come and sit by the fire and eat. Um, again, if you've got any pictures that happened over the course of 2014, please email them to me, share them on Facebook or something so that we can, um, we put a big slideshow, like the year in review that kind of runs throughout the night. Um, and uh, it's absolutely free, just bring a uh, holiday snack to share, and it's, it's a blast. It's, we have so many favorite nights, but New Year's is like, it's like, it's like grape and cherry, like New Year's is one of those favorites. More favorite. Awesome. Mountaintop is tonight. Yeah, it's a busy week. Uh, so if you're available, the Mountaintop Worship and Prayer Experience is tonight at 6 o'clock at um, Cross Point Free Methodist Church. I keep wanting to say Cross Point Community Church, and I keep doing it at their place. And I'm like, oh. Um, but at Cross Point Free Methodist, and uh, if you can make it out tonight, it's from 6 to 7.30. Uh, just a, an hour and a half of worship and prayer. It's going to be awesome. Pastor Darlene will actually be there. Uh, it's her first one, so we're excited. And uh, she's leading the prayer time. Have a great week. I, if you could please, I know that now we've transitioned away from tables and, and into chairs. That has created a new uh, a new issue, and that is people leave their cups and their, their garbage on the floor underneath their chairs, and then coffee cups get kicked. Um, so if you could please... Clean up the area around your chair before you get up. Uh, we would really appreciate that. If you can stick around and help us put things away, that'd be great. If not, have a fantastic Christmas. If we see you tonight at the mountaintop or Christmas Eve, blessings and Merry Christmas.